Welcome to Fearless Hustle Collective, a podcast for creative female entrepreneurs and a home to honest conversations about the ups and downs of running your own business. Hello, I'm back with episode seven. Uh, This week I chat to Lizzie Evans, the founder and owner of the design store Smug. Lizzie is a woman of many talents and not only does she design and create her own patterns and products, she's also the host of the amazing How to Curate Your Life podcast, which is back now for season two. Embarking on a new chapter in her career, I chat to Lizzie about motherhood, curating your life, goal planning and so much more. I hope you enjoy it. Lizzie, hello. Hello. Hello, thank you so much for coming. No worries at all, thank you for having me. How are you today? I'm really good. I'm getting ready to go on holiday bright and early tomorrow morning, so that's exciting but slightly chaotic. Oh, I can imagine actually the, <laughs> but the kind of last couple of days before going away are usually just absolute chaos in our house yeah same we're kind of yeah we're, we're getting used to it but it's our second holiday with the little baby so at least now we know what we need to take but there's the juggling of packing when they're asleep or running around and doing whatever so yeah, yeah we're getting there. also trying not to pack everything that you own <laughs> yes that's true you do sort of need access to it in the lead up yeah. and you don't want to have too much to carry so yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, so for those who don't really know you, would you uh, like to introduce yourself? Sure. So my name's Lizzie Evans. Um, I've got a design store in Islington in London called Smug, which I've been um, running for nine years now. Um, And that's on a kind of a few different floors. We sell kind of homeware and gifts and that sort of thing. We've also got a cafe called Cafe Smug at the weekends and a co-working space and we run workshops and my studio is on the top floor. I design um, Lizzie for Smug products but I also um, try and kind of help people curate their lives and businesses and homes as well. So I kind of am just starting to do a little bit of coaching and I've got my podcast and blog. So yeah, that's me. Fantastic. So that's quite a few... Um, I like to have lots of hats. Yes. (laughs) So um, why don't we start kind of from the beginning? Um, Did you, um, I think from what I've kind of read, you did go to university, didn't you? I did in the end. I I wasn't really planning on going. I I had a good time in secondary school and sixth form. I didn't dislike it at all, but I kind of left with the desire to just crack on. Um, So I was expecting to go into kind of graphic design and branding-y type stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's a university just down the road from where I live, um, and I walked past it and saw an exhibition. I didn't even realise it was a university then, and went in and looked around. I just loved the stuff so much. It made me really want to go there and study interior and spatial design. So that was in North London. I didn't do UCAS or anything. I literally kind of went in and was like, this is interesting. Had a, a kind of appointment the next week and got accepted and then went on holiday for two weeks, came home and started uni. Oh, so, wow. So that was a quick yeah, turnaround. Was, obviously, for most quick. people, they're applying, you know, like almost a year in advance and then waiting for exactly. the results and all the rest of it. But that's, yeah, that's interesting. So would you say, sort of yeah, were you kind of always creative growing up? Yeah, I think I probably was. Um, I really like, I've always really liked colour. Colour is kind of a big thing for me and it has been since I was little. And I was, as well as kind of creative visually with drawing and things like that, I was musical as well, which I think is quite relevant to this sort of stuff. So, yeah. Okay, so colour definitely comes through in your branding uh, and your website uh, and Uh, your shop, actually, from what I can see. mm. Um, Yeah. Um, So... 
so you obviously studied for three years I'm assuming and then what happened when you left university what was kind of the plan I suppose quite quickly quite quickly after that I realized that I wanted to build my own thing I kind of assumed by about halfway through my degree that I might want to come out out do interior design and consultancy and that kind of thing and I kind of just realized that although that I did a couple of bits and bobs of that which I enjoyed I didn't have difficult clients but I realized quite quickly that I wanted to be building and curating my own visual identity I didn't want to just be helping people work out what their home would be like mm. you know I'm interested in other people's taste but I had this real desire of building something to share with people that was mine so I realized that kind of doing interiors for other people wasn't going to fulfill that mm-hmm. um, so that's when I had the idea to set up smug so that's really interesting because I think a lot of people don't necessarily come out of university having that strong desire to um, open their own business they usually kind of work mm-hmm. uh, for other companies and gain sure. experience that way so that's yeah. that's really interesting that you kind of felt that urge to just go go for it right from the start I guess yeah um, I think that I felt like because I had done those three years at uni that I hadn't been planning on doing that was me sort of giving up years of focusing on training and learning and then I just wanted to get on with it so I think that's sort of why it happened that way yeah so how did smug come about right from the beginning um how did you find the premises all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. so um the premises is in a little pedestrianized street called Camden Passage which runs along parallel with like the high street in Islington Mm -hmm. and I've I live really locally so I've known the street for a really long time and I knew that that was where I'd want it to be um always as soon as I started thinking about it um it's it's really lovely. I mean, frustratingly, some people who've lived in Islington a long time still come past and be like, I didn't even realise this was here because it's quite sort of secluded and sweet. Mm. And yeah, but that means as people do discover it, they feel like they've been let into a little secret, which is a lovely kind of part of it. But yeah, I was just walking down the passage looking and saw that there were premises um, available. And so I just got in touch with the the landlord and sort of moved on from there it just felt like it was definitely the right spot and I got on with it wow that's really kind of um brave I suppose just uh (laughs) or naive (laughs) (laughs) well whichever way you look at it it's it's great that you um had that confidence and you you just took that idea further and was that a, a lease or was it it was a lease. It was, it was, yeah, it was a lease, but I was really lucky in that my dad and brother work in contemporary art and they needed some space too. So we shared it. So they had the top bit and I had the bit that was basically accessible for customers as shop. Oh, perfect. So, so you had almost. So it wasn't as scary, if you see what I mean, because I knew that we, we didn't have to be able to afford the whole building. So that really helped. That took that edge off of, yeah, uh, yeah that's that's really great. So you've mentioned that they work in the kind of art industry. Um, mm. So I'm assuming you had a very creative upbringing. Yeah, I was surrounded with kind of interesting furniture and walls covered in contemporary art. And yeah, definitely really interesting visually. And I'm assuming that... My mum and dad wear really cool clothes and they're just, yeah, they're very cool and lovely. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm assuming that massively influenced you as a person, but also perhaps the, your designs. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so 
what are, I suppose, how has the business evolved over time? I, I know you've mentioned that you have a space upstairs um, mm-hmm. and you have a co-working space now. I know that you do some workshops in there. Yes, that's right. So the when we first moved in and we split the building, I had the lower ground and the ground floor and it was literally just me at the cash desk every day. In those days, Camden Passage used to close on Mondays and Tuesdays, which was quite nice. So I did have two days of not being there. Mm-hmm. That is, I mean, I still have days off, but that is no more. We're open every single day. But when it started, that was quite convenient because it would have been too much, I think, to work seven days a week on my own. Um, so I did that. Um, and then gradually got to a stage where I could take on the next floor above but we tended to only use that for events or if it was Christmas or something would be running on all three floors because it would mean I had to be able to afford an extra member of staff to be on that floor because we've got CCTV and it's quite small you can kind of see downstairs and help people and it only needs to be one person on two floors but once the three floors are open you need more staff so the first sort of bit was getting used to the idea of paying someone to be in And once I could do that, then it really pushed things forward because it freed me up to do the bigger picture things and try and develop the brand and look at, you know, different creative ideas and things that we could do. Um, And that's we eventually started running workshops at the weekend. And then more recently, I've decided that um, I wanted to use that as co-working space during the week, partly because last year I bought the building and kicked dad and John out completely Mm -hmm. and now the top top floor is my studio that I work from whereas before I would have worked from the first floor um, so I can now give that up to co-working and it just really works since the podcast with this building a community and people wanting to curate their lives and so it sort of just fits with everything we're about. Yeah no completely kind of it's a cohesive brand I suppose it's everything that you stand for I suppose. So you've mentioned your podcast. It's I've, I've mentioned it obviously already when we were chatting before, but mm. I've been listening to it right from the start, and I've really, really enjoyed it. But also, I'm kind of really interested in the what well, in the name uh, first, of yes. all, but also just the general concept of curating your life. So, would you like to kind of expand on that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So. As I assume it, most people, when they think about curation, it's a visual thing, which is also for me. Yes, Instagram feed, all that kind of stuff. Yes, exactly. Um, But what I've learned, I think lots of people do the same thing, but you you don't realise that the things that you're naturally good at aren't just easy. I've always kind of thought the things that I can do, everybody could do, and the things that other people can do, like I can't do, if you see what I mean. So it took me a while to realise that the way my brain worked curated everything. So obviously part of what I do is um, buying for smug and styling the shop and having that as an offering that hopefully excites people and inspires people. But what I've realised is in terms of the business um, and problem solving it's all about curation and juggling all of these different pieces and placing them in the right place next to each other to make it work, if you see what I mean. So I think of curation too almost as problem solving. And when it comes to curating your life, I think, unfortunately, most people who work for themselves have to work very, very, very hard to the point that then there isn't anything else sometimes. And there's a lot of burnout and people aren't great at work-life balance. 
And it's always been super important to me, um, partly because of my lovely family who all live around me and nearby. And when I went to uni, I stayed at home living with my mum and dad, and they've all really influenced me. But it's really important to me to spend time with family, to eat things that you love, to go to places that inspire you. And I believe that all of those values that you have as a person should flow over into your own business. And that's what makes your business unique and interesting and it's what makes your life wonderful and it shouldn't be all just hustle if you see what I mean yes of course no no I'm absolutely uh, yeah I mean I fully agree with what you said that it's so important that the business side fits in around your life as Mm. well um, Mm. because at the end of the day it's meant to sustain that kind of lifestyle that you want to have yeah um so you've mentioned that you um you do a little a little bit of work around kind of curating so Mm. what how does that what does that entail and how do people kind of come to you um, yeah so it's kind of um all about to hopefully come to fruition it's something I'm working on behind the scenes and I'm working with an amazing business coach called Naomi and Dudu who I met actually through recording with her on my podcast oh she, yes I listened um, to her podcast as yeah well. she's amazing um so she's really helping me get into the nitty-gritty of the Lizzie for Smug brand and my offering because as I sort of mentioned near the beginning I do like to be doing lots of different things um, and I'm always getting excited about the next thing and I feel like there are lots of ways in which I can I've seen from the podcast that people want um, community and they want help with things and they want to communicate with me and I'd love to do that so as the shop's quite established now I'm kind of looking for ways in which I can develop other things that I do so yeah, there'll be various different things coming out probably in the new year. Um, a few things probably before that, but I'm going to be running a goal-setting workshop upstairs at Smug because historically all of the workshops have been run by other people. But I'm going to start running workshops there so that people can come and work with me. Um, and I'll be offering one-on-one work potentially to the right kind of fit people. Mm-hmm. I've also got a YouTube video now, that a uh, YouTube channel now that um, at the moment – focuses on kind of pregnancy and um, giving birth and all that sort of stuff but I'm looking at ways in which I can develop content for um, new parents or even pregnant people who are just really organized (laughs) who run their own businesses and want to strike that correct balance between you know being a a parent and being really excited about that and wanting to take care of their child but also a big part of their identity is their business and what they do you know creatively and balancing those two um so I'm gonna be offering some kind of help with those sorts of things too so there's various different entry points for different types of people but generally it's for creative entrepreneurs yeah that sounds so so interesting and I I definitely relate to the mum slash (laughs) running your own business and that being a a big identity um Mm as a person I'm kind of similar in a sense to you in that I'm kind of constantly looking at other things that I can be doing yes. um and I think yeah it's, it's about making that all fit nicely and not overtaking um that personal side of life I guess yeah I completely agree so that's at the very passionate about that obviously because stands five months now and I've seen ways in which I was quite um I, I really swatted up <laughs> before having him And so felt like I went into it with quite a lot of information. And that really, really helped with, I mean, lots of things I was completely wrong on and my expectations were totally different. So it's part having consumed lots of information and it's part having lived it and seen 
loads of my expectations are wrong. So helping people not make the same mistakes, but also understanding the information I've consumed and what's really helpful and realistic. I kind of feel like there's a lot of stuff out there at the moment um, that's about, and I totally, I totally get it and I think it is important, but there's a lot of stuff that's sort of, you know, if you get to the end of the day and no one's been maimed or killed, then it's great and that's enough. <laughs> and I totally get that that's what some people need to hear and that's right for a certain type of person. But I've been sort of looking to find who the people are who are talking about, you know, lots of bits are hard, of course, but there are ways in which you can manage spending time with your baby and still fulfilling all of your creative, kind of, not all, actually, that's not fair, but still <laughs> making sure that you're getting to be creative and you're um, nurturing yourself and your business and juggling them all. And it's, it, you know, it's impossible to have it all. And I'm not trying to say that, but I feel like there's a space for, pe- for creative people who are wanting to get a good balance and it's not as extreme as, you know, being covered in poo or whatever. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bit of a picture out there at the moment of kind of chaos for for new parents. And sometimes it has to be like that, but I think you can find ways to balance it. Yes. Uh, It's funny. I think I read something very recently about how we almost scare people into thinking that, uh, parenthood is this manic busy thing that you know it's it's just going to leave you feeling drained and tired and no time for yourself and I think yeah and I think it's such a negative way of looking at it and yes those first few months are hard and I think everyone will agree I mean you obviously have a five month old my son is now six so I've kind of been through it um kind of probably forgot quite a bit by now (laughs) um But yeah, I think um, it there is such a negative kind of connotation to parenthood, and it's it's not fair almost because it, it is such a beautiful yeah, thing, and and there are ways, like you say, there are ways of, ma- of managing it, of of making it work, um, so that um, you have time for yourself and your own creative goals and stuff. It's kind of going in with your eyes wide open, I guess. But it's also, you know, there's that on the one hand. And then on the other hand, I thought after six weeks, I'd be in my studio with him napping in his basket and me getting lots done. And that was completely unrealistic as well. So it's kind of finding the way in the middle that's going to work for you. That isn't naive. (laughs) No, no, that's that's true. There is that... um that naivety that comes with it in a sense because I I remember when I was um pregnant I think I'd just started my a master's degree Uh, it was a long distance master's degree so it wasn't full time um but I very much thought that once I'd given birth I'd be able to hop right back in Um, (laughs) but actually that didn't work out and I think I ended up giving myself another six months of of a break until you know before I went back to studying because it just it, it just didn't quite it just didn't yeah. work for me at the time. Yeah. And I think it, that's okay too. And just it's managing exactly. those expectations, I guess. Exactly. And giving yourself permission to take the time to work out what's going to work for you and not trying to fit in a mould of anybody else or what anyone else is kind of putting out there on the internet or whatever. So Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I think, yeah, you're, that's another point, isn't it? That um, it's quite easy to see what other people are writing or suggesting that you should do. But actually, everyone is so different. Mm. It's not necessarily going to work for you. And also, I just remember reading yeah. all those uh, baby uh, help books, all that kind of stuff. And there mm. was so much information like you have to have the baby um, napping at regular times or the yeah. bed routine needs to be very strict. And I mm. just, 
it just never worked for us. And I felt, <laughs> yeah. but there was a huge um, amount of guilt associated with it because I felt like I was failing. I wasn't doing yeah, what we were supposed to be I doing because the so book many told people me. feel like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, so it, it, it was, um, I think that the one, one piece of advice I'd give to kind of young mums would be not to, take, well, take everything with a pinch of salt, I guess, and not yes. kind of, you know, read the books and then, you don't have follow. to live the book yeah Absolutely. you take in the information and then you have to be able to pick it apart and work out what works for you yeah. which means you need a level of confidence which maybe I can help people with you know if you're talking to a real person and you're looking at your whole kind of life and how we're going to make this work then I think that's easier than just reading a one-size-fits-all book and then thinking oh I have to do exactly like that and obviously no baby's the same but no parent is the same either so and no business is the same so it's kind of finding a way to fit it all together so that it works yeah absolutely like you said earlier as well is giving yourself that permission just to Mm. just to let it just and um, fit in around your life um so obviously you've mentioned Stan he's now five months how kind of are you managing those early months of motherhood uh with running a brick and mortar business obviously I'm assuming it's slightly different than those who run for example a service-based business where they don't have an actual shop to kind of tend to yeah sure so I need to be there a certain amount of the time that's yeah Um, that's exactly kind of what I'm referring to I suppose you you can't just disappear yeah so I've got an amazing store manager called Scarlett who runs the shop she's five days a week and as I said we're open um, seven days a week so there's also Minolia who's um, been working at Smug for four years so she's been with me forever and she's great we do photo shoots together and she edits stuff and runs the workshops so it's amazing having her too and our skill sets all kind of work really well together so I'm very lucky with who I've got um, and having been open nine years now I feel like I've got quite good at working out who the right people are. So I'm very grateful for them. Um, They make it kind of possible. But also Stan was um, a month premature. So I had planned and planned and planned and planned Mm. for the time that I was going to have off. And then he turned up a month early anyway, and we couldn't have planned for that. So (laughs) everybody kind of was a bit all hands on deck, and they were amazing about that. Um, And then... The other slight problem with that is it's just a silly thing, but because of the time of year, I thought I would have finished the accounts for the year. He was supposed to be due at the beginning of April and he came at the beginning of March. So unfortunately, it meant once we were out of the hospital, we were there for nine days because of him being premature um, and jaundiced and poorly. And yeah, Mm. so once we were out, it wasn't that long before I just had to be there. Otherwise, we wouldn't have had our accounts for the year finished. I had to go and sort out the VAT and... (laughs) So I was in a few hours, um, a few days a week, just getting that working, which in some ways is a bit frustrating. And in other ways, it was really quite nice. I was really pleased that I got there and I was like, oh, my brain still works and I I can work out all of these numbers and I don't have baby brain. You know, I was convinced by everybody else that all baby brain or, you know, you won't be able to, but I basically was there crunching numbers and it was all fine. And it was quite nice to then have some time for my and then come home to the baby and I was very lucky that my husband had taken three months off work so not everybody would be in this position but I was really lucky to be able to do that and it felt like a good balance from the beginning so it sounds like you've managed to kind of make it work and obviously just worked around those obstacles I guess in the sense that like I say you haven't been able to plan for him coming early and nobody can so but you've managed to kind of um, deal with that as best you could 
Yeah, and I worked out quite quickly the things that I could do um, while I was with him and the things that I had to do when he was asleep or with someone else. Mm. At first, I, with this nap thing, I had assumed that he would sleep in his little basket and I'd get things done. And when he was a real newborn, that was the case because he was so sleepy. But about eight weeks old, he really woke up and was suddenly alert. And really, he only wanted to sleep on us. Oh, um, we had the same would problem. would be napping on me for like two hours. Yes. <laughs> I remember just lying there on yeah, the sofa so watching. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to be like, right, okay, so I need about two hours worth of work that I can do on my phone while he's just asleep on me so that I didn't I didn't want to miss out on those nice cuddles. So I still had him on me, um, but I managed to get stuff done at the same time. So I just had to kind of be aware of his changes developmentally and what that meant for what I could be getting done. And, And using your time wisely. Yeah. Now, um, you've mentioned, obviously, the team that you have at the shop, um, who I imagine it would have been a very different story if you didn't have that supportive team around you um, in those in those yeah. first months. Um, but kind of going back a little bit towards the very early stages of Smug, how, mm. what was the process of hiring a new uh, member of staff? Uh, obviously, you've worked on your own for a long time and then there came a time where you needed an extra pair of hands um, yeah how did that kind of come about I basically put a sign on the door saying I was looking for someone Wednesdays and Thursdays mm-hmm. and um, in those days I think I think for quite a long time I didn't have anyone who'd ever had any retail experience I mean our store manager now has got tons of retail experience and it's a different thing and what I'm asking her to do needs her to have had that but at first the people that I had were just people who really liked smug and their aesthetic and Mm -hmm. were keen to learn and they would I would till train them and they would learn on the job and they would be fantastic um and then as kind of smug developed and I needed to do more there was more and more that I needed to hand over to whoever was at the cash desk I think originally it was a bit silly of me to not realize that when they weren't serving a customer they basically didn't have anything to do um and now it's kind of the, the job at Smug is sort of a desk job and um, sending out the post and serving customers and web stuff and, you know, all of these things. And I've learned over the years that it's bonkers if I don't delegate as much as I possibly can so that I can be doing bigger picture things and the podcast and everything else. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Obviously, you need time. As you said earlier, you like to do kind of many different things so you've got to learn to delegate but was it hard in the beginning to kind of hand over the reins in a in a way um I think it was quite a relief in a way to not have to be the person at the cash cash Mm. desk all day every day it's quite sort of limiting to not really be able to move around and I felt like I could be it took my creativity to the next level when I could be in a space that wasn't being interrupted by people. I think I realized basically I was trying to juggle too many things when I started saying like hello to customers who are leaving because you're like also trying to design something at the same time on the laptop. (laughs) It's like, okay, I'm not really not focusing on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, (laughs) it's, it's trying when they came in. No, (laughs) that's not right. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's when you're trying to do too many things at, at the same time, it just, at some point something's got to give 
for sure. Yeah. And I think the first few people that we had were very, very, and everyone's been very respectful, but particularly when it started, they were very much just learning from me and being completely trained up in everything um, and basically just doing it as I would do it. And I think over the years, people have um, had more confidence and maybe I've allowed them to more step out of my shadow and have a role that is more specific to their particular skills. So, I mean, even or to be honest, even from the beginning, I've always looked for people who have their own creative kind of avenues themselves and how that can mm. be bought in. So when Manolia started with us, she was um, she ran the cafe and then she started doing shop as well and stopped doing the cafe. And then we started doing she would studied photography. So we started doing shoots together and then she would start editing the photos and then she started making gifts for us. And then she started running workshops because she's an illustrator. So, you know, you kind of see what people naturally love and are good at and how we can weave that into what we do, really. I, I like it to be as much of a family as possible and everyone developing their own skills and using their skills that excite them. So Yeah, no, that's, yeah. So, that's so important, I think, um, because it gives people that job satisfaction um, that perhaps they wouldn't have normally in a potentially in a bigger corporate setting purely because or you know not even corporate as such but in a bigger company because perhaps those skills or um abilities wouldn't be recognized um yeah whereas yeah I think it's so important that that you do that that's that's really great um we you mentioned the goal setting workshop um yes I would love to hear more about that so basically I I've been talking about this a bit recently on social media, but I sort of feel like there's a bit of a September restart to the year and a bit of back to school kind of, okay, you know, that vibe. It's almost like a new year for the, you know, it's that that last quarter, isn't it, before before January. And I think it's a really good time to start setting goals, um, partly to revisit what you were hoping to achieve this year that maybe couldn't happen. Um, and also to be doing this before it's the new year and you're working out next year, if that makes sense. Mm. I feel like the addition of that September goal setting is is really important. Um, and so I, the, my plan is to offer a workshop that does that in the context of curating your life. So the goal setting um, might not, you know, if people choose to come and it be specific to their business, that's fine. But I would encourage people to be thinking about the whole kind of picture of where you want things to be at um so obviously um if they are a creative entrepreneur then it is going to be about their business it might be growth that they want to um experience but it's kind of picking that apart and looking at your whole life and how you could be doing things slightly differently to make that more likely to come about so um for example could you these are not kind of one size fits all at all so it doesn't have to be this person but as an example of a type of person that might find this helpful is it somebody who would benefit from when they wake up in the morning meditating for 10 minutes Mm -hmm. or is it somebody who needs to be thinking more about how they're eating or exercising or getting enough inspiration like is it someone who's feeling as though they have a goal that they want to achieve a new kind of collection that they're designing but actually if they look they're not giving themselves the space to be inspired so they're sitting down and trying to cram designing into a couple of hours when they haven't done the work to get inspired about what this is going to be and they don't have kind of you know the time to have done that and then they're expecting to sort of jump to stage five when they haven't done one two three or four so Mm. 
that's just an example of someone who might be coming but the way I tend to do that sort of thing is I always it's quite um a sort of time investment for people who want to do it because before the workshop I always ask everyone to email me answers to a few questions so I really know who they are and what they're doing and what they want to get out of it um so it's sort of somewhere in between a workshop and sort of coaching so um it's just turn up and learn a skill thing it's a come when you're already thinking about these certain things and we'll work through it together and as a group and hopefully leave with a kind of plan of how they can move forward and leave people feeling quite sort of inspired and ready to go yes ready ready to crack on yeah no that sounds so so interesting and when are you hoping to host uh the workshops the plan is for it to happen um end of september beginning of october time i wanted it to be beginning of september but obviously baby and podcasts and things have pushed it back slightly but at one stage I was like oh no well I can't possibly do it if it's not the beginning of September and then I was like that's actually madness I'd be not offering something that I know lots of people want to come and do so we're, we're going to do it and I will do it again in January so that for people who don't manage to do it September October we can also do the goal setting at the beginning of the year and then I'll probably do it sort of every six months yeah, that sounds really interesting. I think I'd love to come along, actually. So I'll keep an eye uh, on, on your Instagram. Um, and with regard to the coaching that you mentioned, when do you think you'll be kind of opening that mm. up? Or is that still very much in the early stages? I think that will be that's in the early stages while I work out um, kind of different offerings for diff- different types of people. So, for example, um, some of the people I really want to help are simply just starting out and um, need to know things like so we have people come in all the time and say oh can I show you my products I want to be able to sell them in a shop and there's so much I feel I could help these people with in terms of what their margins need to be and how they should be shooting it and how you actually approach a shop to talk to them because I totally understand the instinct that just going in and showing people and talking in lots of ways is a better approach. But really, people are so busy and you can't take a meeting on the shop floor and it is better to email, even though um, it's really nice to touch things in real life. It's better to get in touch a certain way and then offer a sample. And, you know, there are certain ways of doing things Mm. that would be appreciated by stores. And obviously, I've been doing that for 10 years now. So I, I know how people... Um, could go about doing that and even you know how they might um, curate their collection to make sure there are enough products in it that all work together and yeah the markup is really important so many people come to us and the markup doesn't make sense and they just haven't understood how the business has to run and the fact that we have to put VAT on top things like that so there's lots kind of I feel I can teach those sorts of people but obviously they have a really limited sort of amount of money to invest potentially because they're just starting out Mm. so the kind of thing that I might be able to offer them needs to be at a price point that's really really reasonable for them to get that help but therefore it means I'd need to go about that completely differently from coaching so I'm working out who are the people that are at a stage in their business that they can do one-on-one time with me and it be worth it for me and worth it for them so I'm kind of just working out who are the different people and pitching it in different ways so my instinct is that someone who might want to do one-on-one work with me 
already has a relatively established business that's maybe breaking even, but they want to look at how they can be moving it forward and doing the things that they always wanted to do creatively that they didn't have time for because they were establishing the business, which is where I found myself a few years ago. That's like, okay, I've got smug sorted, but there isn't, I was supposed to be designing products myself and that hasn't happened. And, you know, there hasn't been time for all of the other stuff. And also maybe, um, again, wanting to look at their whole life and realizing that they've done however many years of setting up their business, but they haven't had time for their friends and family or to kind of be inspired and to, you know, so it's people at that stage, I think, would be more likely to be the one-on-one coaching, but I want to be able to offer workshops and online help and content for other people at different stages in their creative business and life. No, that sounds uh, sounds really great. Um, with regards to the kind of pricing and approaching stores that you mentioned, I mean, I'm a service-based business, mm. so it, it doesn't necessarily, um, it's, it's not relevant to me, but I know yeah. other uh, business owners who are kind of product-based. And I know mm. there's a huge struggle with regards to knowing how to price, knowing mm. how to approach stores, like you say yourselves. Um, and I think th- that's, a great idea that I think people will find massively valuable um, because I don't think oh, there's quite, quite as much um, information out there online or at least kind of, you know, valid information, I suppose, that people yeah. can really apply. Yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't been able to find it, which is usually when I decide I want to d- do something. If I'm like, well, where is this? Why is no one offering gap. this? Yeah. Yeah. yeah fill that gap. Um, Okay, so I was going to ask you about your goals for the coming year, but I'm assuming um, it's very much the coaching. These are they. Exactly, exactly. So we've kind of covered those. Yeah, Um, but how about um, a kind of of number one tip that you would have for those either trying to leave their nine to five jobs or Mm. just starting their own business? What would you say was your kind of um, big tip? Yeah. Well, I think for people who are trying to work out if um, they're ready to leave their nine to five, it's kind of a two pronged thing. I think too many people are kind of like, you know, there's never a right time, just kind of do it. But I also think people have to be really realistic about whether they are someone who's going to thrive working for themselves if there's somebody who is going to react really well to the pressure and be excited about that and be a, a someone who puts out fires and can develop things and can really look inwards to achieve all of that. Or if there's someone, so I am like that. My husband, for example, flourishes amazingly well in a team and ends up kind of running the team and is such a people person, but he's super creative as well. Mm. But he's better in a structure. Um, and I think you need to know which one you are because I think... If you're like my husband, actually, it's not the best thing to stop your job and set up your own thing. It's better to keep developing it on the side and see if you can build a team of people to set it up with you, if you see what I mean. So it's important to understand which one you are. Such a great tip. And I think it's a very important point that actually we can often overlook. You definitely need to know whether you will thrive under because you know I mean I for example work on my own and I'm I work from home and I'm on my own you know mm, most of mm. the time will that kind of suit you and will you be happy doing that I guess yeah, is, yeah. and even if you feel like you'll be happy doing that but not forever I mean that's partly why I've set up the co-working space because there are people who have done really well doing that but they actually now 
feel like they want to move into a space where they're um, with other creatives. And some people want the leave home and know that you're going somewhere else and therefore will be more productive in that space. So there are still options if you kind of start like that. And then you think, actually, I I want somewhere to go and I want people to be around. So that's an option too. But the other thing that I would say, so for the people who have sort of started and they're sort of cracking on, I feel like a lot of people's experience is not that it just completely snowballs and is huge overnight. Mm. You kind of listen to podcasts of success stories and it's always so amazing to hear that stuff, but it does seem to be a bit fluky. You know, you can't sort of expect that to just happen I see it with sort of I don't know I've interviewed um, lots of bloggers that really inspire me that have done brilliantly and are creating amazing work but they can't necessarily give advice on how to be that successful because they started at a time where it was you know nine years ago when there weren't as many people with blogs and they've had all of that time to build relationships with their followers and understand their audience and they're creating amazing content having done it for a really long time so sometimes the success stories it's not possible to mimic that, you know, Mm. everybody has a different setup. So I would go into it assuming that you're going to have several years of working really, really, really hard, you might have a period of time where you're losing money. So you need to go into it, assuming that you don't need to pay lots and lots of bills, it needs to be a time that it's sensible to do this, you've got some sort of backup. If you're not in that position, I would say, go down to part time, and you know balance the two yeah when you're at that stage that you can afford to really do it then yeah just work really hard but try and keep the work-life balance so you don't burn out because if you work so hard that you have no life and you burn out your creativity will vanish um yeah I think quite a few people have mentioned mentioned the um burnout kind of a problem that seems quite prevalent at the moment I think Um, there is that kind of sense that you need to be working all the time and um, it's guilt again you kind of feel yeah like almost having to prove other people that it is a real job you know working for yourself at home is a real job and you're working really really hard and so you can't go out for dinner you can't see anyone at the weekends because you work for yourself and it's serious and you work really really hard and actually it's kind of not the best (laughs) balance um, and it doesn't necessarily reward you in the end so yeah no there's yeah like you say it's definitely that there needs to be a balance between just having that time for yourself and then so so that you can actually dedicate yourself fully to the business as well when you are working yeah Um, I also think from learning from my experience accountability can be really important as well because I have loved being my own boss and that's really worked for me but there hasn't been anyone that I've ever had to sit down with and talk about the numbers Mm. and check that it really does make sense and that's been really freeing for me because I could just get on with it and it would be my fault if anything went wrong but actually I think that that didn't make me enough of a kind of pusher for success in a way because we were just bumbling along happily and I didn't have to sort of sit down and say this is our growth this is where we're going and I think if you can find someone in a similar position to you who can be your sort of accountability person and you can meet once a month or even once every three months and just talk that stuff through honestly I think that can really really help and I wish that's something that I had done previously yeah no that's a very good point I think I'm at a stage now in my business where I would like to kind of try out new things and perhaps kind of open up different avenues but I I, I would definitely benefit from having that someone to chat to and talk mm-hmm. things through um 
Yeah, so I think that's a definitely that's a, that's a good tip. <laughs> um, very, very quickly, um, I just wanted to ask if you have any tips on those who would like to start curating their life um, mm. in a way. Any kind of quick tips? I understand it's a very broad topic, but... Sure. Well, for me, um, it's a lot to do with surrounding yourself with things that make you happy and having rituals that make you happy. So, for example, an important thing for me, once the baby was born and things were kind of obviously all about him, I would always try and make sure I still did my morning and evening skincare routine, which only takes a few. I mean, I don't know if it even takes more than two minutes to just make sure I'm taking care of my skin and doing all the things that I would normally do um which becomes quite sort of a meditative thing like getting ready for the morning and getting ready for bed things like that really made a difference to me so that sort of thing but then also are you someone who if you bought a bunch of cut flowers um that would really inspire you all week and you know to to be designing and to be feeling creative or are you someone who wants to be really intentional about what they have for breakfast so you're starting the day really well and having you know avocado on toast at home and feeling like oh amazing I've created something for myself that you know is just as good as it would be if I'd gone out for breakfast or I've poached the perfect egg you know (laughs) so there are things that you can do um on not very much money um from home that kind of set intentions for the day so whether it is actually meditating there's an amazing app um called rituals that which is a skincare brand and actually they have an app that has meditation and yoga on it and the meditation you can choose just five minutes um and do that and it really kind of sets me up for the day when i'm fine time to be able to do that um so you can do that sort of thing. If it comes to wanting to curate your business, then obviously um, once my coaching program comes out, I can help people with that. Also, they could listen to the podcast where I'm talking with lots of other creative people about how they curate their lives and businesses. And sometimes I find listening to podcasts on those sorts of subjects leaves me feeling quite sort of aligned and excited to get on with things myself. So making sure you're giving yourself that inspiration, whether it's kind of listening to other people in a similar position or a little bit ahead of you to push you forward, or if it's going to a gallery or a museum or walking around the park and seeing how beautiful the flowers are, you know, just giving yourself space to be inspired. Yeah, I think with regards to your podcast, that's why I've enjoyed it so much is because it has inspired me in so many ways. And I've always just really enjoyed the conversations and, and um, when I... That's lovely, thank you. Yeah, I know, but when you when you did listen, I, I, d- I definitely felt kind of inspired and, and to, you know, perhaps change a few things in my own life or, mm. or just, yeah, just to kind of crack on with my work as well, which is always quite nice. Um, thank you, that's such nice feedback. That's basically exactly what I want it to be doing. So that's well, wonderful it, it's, Yeah, it's definitely doing that for me. So I'm assuming it's, it's the same for everyone else as well. So basically <laughs> what you're saying is it's just kind of starting small, actually, is doing those yeah. little things that mm. will bring you joy and um, make you feel good. Yes, that is basically about being in alignment, you know, being in a happy place where you feel, you know, good about things and excited to move forward and sometimes you just have awful days um and 
those days, sometimes it's just coping with the fact that things are a bit rubbish and finding times to be kind to yourself. Not every single day you can, avocado on toast is going to make enough of a difference that the whole day is wonderful. That's not necessarily realistic, but just doing the little things that help you be aligned and make things the best that they can be, I find makes a really big difference. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, So to kind of wrap up, um, I ask all of my guests two questions. Um, Mm. Is there a book that you've recently read that you would kind of um, want to recommend to the listeners? Yes. Um, Hopefully you've all heard of Emma Gannon. She's amazing. And you might listen to her podcast. So her book, um, The Multi-Hyphen Method, is brilliant and is really interesting for people who want to be doing lots of different things and have lots of hats on like you and I are doing and how to make that work. Um, it's just about having a slightly less traditional career and how it's totally possible to have different revenue kind of coming in from different places um, and how to sort of juggle all of that. Um, so that's really exciting and a brilliant book. And my mum's reading it too and she's just turned 70. So it's really for everybody. Yes, um, no, I am in the middle of reading it as well. And okay. it, it is a great read. And I think I would definitely say that you are kind of the perfect example of someone who has that <laughs> multi-hyphen um, career. So, yeah. Yeah, um, it's and a great who, book. Yes, it is. And who would you like to hear interviewed on this podcast? Do you know um, Sarah Aquazombi? I think it would be really interesting for you to speak with her. She um, has a website working. It's called No Bull. It used to be the No Bull blog school, but now she's teaching online courses in so many different kind of areas. She's She does interiors, but she's not trained as an interior designer. She kind of comes at it from a different approach but she does really interesting work with lots of brands but she does lots of teaching people how to be communicating with brands that they might want to work with and she's amazing at kind of just teaching loads of stuff that people want to know if they're in that world but also um, she's really good about talking about money and I feel like people don't talk about money enough and she's um, recently mm, she's recently um put lots of time and energy into developing her brand and is now feeling like she's earning lots more money and she's happy to talk about how much more money and why she thinks that is and helping other people potentially do the same and I think that's a really exciting conversation that I you know I'm not very good at realizing that that's important too so she's really helped me with that and I would like to earn more money too so (laughs) yes no I absolutely agree I think it's such an important topic that um, a lot of the time people think that they shouldn't talk about money because I don't know mm. it's just one of those things but yeah I, th- I certainly think that it's a, it's an important one to discuss and continue to kind of open up about I suppose definitely yeah perfect thank you so much for the recommendation just to finish off where can people no find you so the best place to find me probably the place I'm most um, around is Instagram if you want kind of constant new con- content and information and I'm I feel smug on Instagram and then also obviously there's the smug website which is I feel smug.com um, which is more kind of product and what's happening at smug but if you want to understand more about me and my podcast and potential coaching and all of those bits that aren't as product based although it does cover my own collection of products I also have the Lizzie for smug website which is just Lizzie for smug.com and that's where you'll kind of see all of the different facets of what I'm up to and uh, yeah workshops and teaching and different content and connections to my YouTube channel and all of that sort of stuff so yeah perfect well thank you so so much for your time I really enjoyed chatting to you today no worries thank you and I'll look forward to 
the um second season of the podcast as well yes not long now i can't wait to share it as always i'd be really grateful if you could leave a review on itunes so that other female creatives can enjoy this podcast too i'll see you next week